1: I don't know about you guys, but seeing Joe Kim Noah and Io to to extend as well in the Rising Stars Challenge kind of just, you know, it brought some good vibes that I just haven't had with the Chicago Bulls team in a while. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about uh, the Bulls right now having the 32% chance of getting a top four pick, and we're going to go into your voicemails. We're going to do all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So last night, Io DeSumo, uh participated in his second Rising Stars Challenge. Joke Noah, coach, uh, seeing the like, moment of him like sitting on the side next to Ben Matherin uh, was just cool, you know, giving some guidance, some leadership there, some mentorship, and I do, you know, I wish that we got that here on the Chicago Bulls team from from specifically visibly from Joe Kim Noah. We know he's still in the organization. He has a role here. But, you know, seeing it last night made me think, like, maybe, maybe Joe Kim Noah can become a coach, right? I've always said before, like, I don't know if Joe Kim Noah, like how passionate and stuff he is, if he would ever get in coaching, and I still doubt that. But it just really just it's kind of brought all that home. and You know, seeing Io, uh, you know, just you know, just take care of business in there and be able to play and just Seemed like he was kind of having more fun. You know, the bull season has been stressful. I think you can see that m- amongst all the players and the fan base. And it was kind of cool seeing. And it kind of just reminded me of the fact that, you know, the one of the best things that DeMar DeRozan has brought here is leadership. And whatever, whenever DeMar does leave, whether it is this offseason via trade, whenever it is his contract expiring him going elsewhere, or just him retiring, if he does end up retiring as a bull, whatever happens. One of the biggest contributions that DeMar DeRozan has brought to the Chicago Bulls organization is mentorship. There was even a recent article in which Dalen Terry uh, said, referred to him and, and Pat as DeMar, as Debo's son. Now, the direct quote, the, uh, they definitely have that son thing going on. Me and Pat are Debo's son. Obviously, I'm the youngest one. He calls me the little baby. I can't believe he said that on camera. Um, and then he said, he just tries to mess with me, he calls me his baby. Uh, he calls me his son. Uh, when I'm around him and his actual kids, he refers to me as, go get your brother. So, you know, DeMar has brought that mentorship. And we know, like, already what he did and taking Patrick Williams under his wing this summer, uh, bringing him there this summer, and, and, you know, having him do his workouts. And while it hasn't necessarily paid off in the way that I think as Bulls fans we all would have hoped, we thought that, you know, Pat Williams was going to hit the ground running, Um, he's done that to DeMar, and he's done that to Io as well. We've even seen DeMar out there supporting Io at the Rising Stars Challenge and him, you know, giving Io a high five there and I do you know regardless of what DeMar does or doesn't do on the court whatever pr- problems or faults he has as a player he has taken on the leader the role of mentor to the to these uh, younger players and while we know we need leadership on the court and we need that fiery up rah-rah leader DeMar Zach they don't really have the the mindset of that but uh, he has been a mentor to these younger players and I do think that You know, that's going to be, and I've said this before, that's going to be DeMar's legacy. The lessons and things that he teaches these young players are going to be something that hopefully they do for years after DeMar's gone, especially Daylon Terry. When you look at just Daylon, his work ethic, um, him having that dog and him the edge that he has to him, and really DeMar, I mean, uh, uh, um, Daylon right now really offers kind of the best bright spot for the Chicago Bulls when you look at like whatever this team goes to, even the people who, you know, want to go full rebuild and things like that. Really, the best place that we are really is like Daylon Terry just offers so much upside. and He's really come along. His defense has been looking really good. Um, You know, he's played uh, we're about three quarters of the way through uh, season. He's played five minutes per game in 23 appearances. I didn't even realize Daylon Terry appeared in 23 games. That seemed a bit high for Daylon Terry. I just didn't even think. I know he hasn't played very many minutes in that. But his potential, the energy, the athleticism, just... Just everything around him. He's just, Dalen, that potential in Dalen Terry we see. Now, I always say not all potential is realized. So, you know, we'll see what that potential turns into. But if anybody's going to maximize on their potential, it's players like Dalen Terry who just have that that dog mentality and that work ethic um, that just can make them go into new uh, to new areas of their game, and we'll just see how Daylon continues to evolve. You know, I've, I've already said, and it's many other Bulls content creators have said as well, that, you know, it is time for Daylon to crack that rotation, especially while there's injuries. But I even think that after the injuries, um, that Daylon still should be in that rotation because he just offers so much of what the Bulls need in so many different areas. So, you know, we'll see. The shooting is not one of them, right? He's, he's, he's like 2 of 12, From the three-point range uh, over his rookie career but that form looks a little bit better we'll see how he continues to evolve on that but to get out of that the bulls right now have the 32 percent chance at a top four pick and you have a lot of bulls fans that have the the thought okay this is where we go full rebuild even though at this point the bulls are locked into the roster not trading anybody away so we're not going full rebuild now whatever happens with this bulls team uh, they're gonna ride it out and whatever chances they have at that pick is going to be what it is now if the bulls do finish the season as bad as they've been playing on the six game losing streak could they potentially get a end up in the top four there's a chance right and I think when you look at AK him playing the averages and kind of letting the season play out maybe that plays a part in it as well to say hey you know if we we're gonna try to win but if we don't win and we get lucky and get a top four pick, you know, that helps us in what we need to do in adding talent to this team as we, as they hopefully look to reconstructure this roster. Um, so, you know, right now, and I know there's there's always going to be conversation on the Bulls should go full rebuild, they should blow it up. Um, but, you know, it really hinges. Like, I will say this, is there a possibility, is the possibility of the Bulls blowing it up at the draft increase if they do get a top four pick? It really depends on where that is. Like, if they get the number one, number two, like I said before, I think that maybe that would more so they'll still do some changes, but I think at that point, if let's say they do get Wimbi Honor or it's Scoot or whatever, whoever it is, I think that they still try to keep a lot of talent on this roster. So at they're at a certain level, and then maybe ask Scoot or Wimby Beyond or whoever um you know develops, then they may take a look at trying to Trying to move off some of that other talent. It's just the Bulls are gonna be such an interesting thing to watch in this offseason. But as that lottery pick chance increases, of course the voices that want to see the Bulls go free full rebuild are gonna get a little bit louder. And so we'll see where that ends up with the Chicago Bulls team after the all-star break because they just aren't in a good place right now. But that's it for me for now. Let's go ahead and get into the voicemails. This first one is from Malcolm.
2: Yo, hey, this is uh Malcolm. So, man, look, I'm just gonna leave it like this. I know that Zach has been efficient over the past few years. But I think this year is a little bit different than the other years that came before. Zach was able to always find rhythm on those older Bull teams because he always had the ball. He didn't have to worry about sharing it with two other All-Stars. So it allowed him to just kind of play himself in and out of bad steps so he was able to find himself getting into those positions where he could be more efficient. Now that he's on a team where he has to share possessions with Vujovic and DeMar, it takes away from his ability to just play himself out of a funk or shoot himself out of a funk because he's not getting those constant repetitions of shots like he would if those guys wasn't around. It's not necessarily making an excuse, it's just, It's just acknowledging and observation of the differences between then and now. And then also he's coming off an injury, which slowed down his early part of the season as far as efficiency. And then also the fact that he doesn't have a point guard. And I know you know that he doesn't have a point guard, but the impact of having a point guard for Zach puts him in more catch and shoot opportunities, which we all know is what he's best at. And it keeps him out of situations where he has to handle the ball which is something that is not his strong suit. So I think AK and Mark Eversley have done a poor job of building a team that makes sense in this modern NBA by the lack of shooting and the fact that we have a very small front court, and then by the fact that we did not try to address the fact that we did not have Lonzo for this season. We did not try to bring in another point guard to make it make sense. So I think with all that being said, This has led to a season in which Zach has not been playing up to the caliber in which most Bulls fans know that he can play, and I think that's the real reason why a lot of people are upset. It's not necessarily because they think he's a bad player. It's actually because they know how great he is and what he could bring to the table. And because it's not being shown, there's so much like anger and hostility that's leading to a level of anxiety that's a little crazy right now. Well, so you can share your thoughts on that if you wish, but that's just my opinion on the guy for this season.
1: Shout out to Malcolm. Uh, first time is at least me being aware of him was a couple of live streams ago, and this is a great point. Yeah, and here's what I want to say about the lack of efficiency. Zach Levine. Well, the, he pointed out the not ability to shoot himself through. Zach Levine is only averaging two less shots than what he had in his most efficient season. And usually, to be more efficient, it means taking less shots. So, I personally don't throw Zach Levine any bell for him not having. Um, The ball in his hands as much because that's what we want to do. We want to take the ball out of his hands. I do think Zach Levine has had more than enough opportunity to work himself out of the rut. Now he's having a down season per him efficiency wise, right? That's the biggest thing. His efficiency just is not there. And if that, if he was a little bit more efficient, he's what 20th in the league, 24 points per game. He's 20th in the league in scoring. We've seen Zach Levine be 10th in the league in scoring at, at other times, but Uh, over the month of February, he's averaging 25 points per game. He's doing so on 49% shooting from the field and 31% shooting from three, averaging Uh, 6.3, three-pointers per game Um, And his free throw percentage is 88%, right? 83% for the month of February so far. We need to see that increase, right? We're only halfway through February, but let's go to January. Let's get Zach Levine's numbers for January. He averaged 26 points per game. Uh, He did that on 37 minutes. He shot 46% from the field overall, 36% from uh, three-point range, and 84% from the free throw range, averaging as well as six uh, rebounds per game and four assists per game. Yes, and I agree with what Malcolm said is that people know how good Zach Levine can be. And especially after signing a max level deal, people look for that at least, if not more than that. And that's that comes naturally. Now, I do think that if we all know Zach Levine is not the player, a franchise player that you're going to win a championship. He's not the type of star level player. He's not generation. He's not, you're not going to be in title contention just by Zach Levine. So, Zach Levine needs to learn how to find his rhythm. If that's the case, he still has to learn to find his rhythm playing with other All-Stars because if he wants to win a title, it's going to have to come by playing with other All-Stars. So... Um, You know, I like I said, I don't throw him enough, uh, as much bell as Malcolm does in this case. I understand the thought process and, and, and mentality behind it, especially not having a point guard. But as I said before, Zach Levine hasn't had point guards before, so I really don't give him too much bell on the not having a point guard issue as far as his efficiency, right? We can talk about the team wins, and I think sometimes we need to separate that. My problem with Zach isn't just the fact that the Bulls are losing, because the Bulls are losing because more than Zach Levine. My problem and issues with Zach rest in him just not being an efficient player and how he's playing in fourth quarters, especially. And, you know, as Malcolm pointed out, and as we've pointed out here as well, you know, this team was built to try to take the ball out of Zach Levine's hands in crunch time and allow him to do more things off the ball, which he is a better and more efficient player when he when he's able to do it. Great voicemail from Malcolm. You guys can let me know what you think. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie: You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Shea. What's up, hey? This is Shea. You know, I'm going to just get straight to the
3: point because I wasn't thinking about this. You ever thought maybe we should run the offense through Patrick Williams? Look, I know what people say, run the offense through Vooch, and people got a point, but it seems like Billy Donovan only likes to run a fast-paced offense, and I feel like this. Zach Levine is turnover prone. I.O. Is not a pure point guard. Still needs to work on his ball handling. And the way I see it, Patrick Williams has shown he could be a good passer. And nobody really sees him coming unless he's standing outside on the perimeter nowadays. And honestly, nobody on the offense on the defense really pays attention to him. So I feel like Billy Donovan should try to insert P. Will as a ball handler. Because let's face it he's definitely shown that he could run the offense pretty well anyway tell me what you think please
1: all right and shea brings up running the offense through patrick williams and so this is something that i've said before like yes patrick williams is out on the perimeter he's just kind of left to sit out there part of that is on pat but part of that also is on the coaching scheme if you look at it anybody who plays the power forward position usually except javante green really doesn't crash the boards they really don't cut and slash enough is what we would see, and they usually end up out on that perimeter. Um, So, you know, some of that plays into Pat, but I would like to see Pat run the offense more. I think that that keeps him engaged, um, especially while we don't have Lonzo, while we don't have DeMar. I think we should be running more things through Patrick Williams. He's shown he's a really decent passer, point guard in high school before he hit his growth spurt. Uh, we've seen his dribble has increased he doesn't get a lot of opportunities to show because he doesn't have the ball in his hands a lot and when we see have seen plays ran for Patrick Williams, it has kept him engaged in the in the in the uh, in the game more on both sides of the ball again, that goes back to coaching. I don't like the coaching philosophy behind developing Patrick Williams that Billy Donovan has and has not dis- displayed. I just don't. That's my personal opinion. I think that if we had a coach that that was better at developing, we would see Patrick Williams get those plays. He he wouldn't have as much of an opportunity to be passive P because they would be putting him in situations, same thing that, that Pop did with Kawhi, like putting him in situations to where you have to make a decision. It's not always design plays for you to shoot, but it's design plays for you to have to make a decision and be engaged, and you're growing your knowledge of the game and your IQ and doing certain things like that. So, you know, solid voicemail there from Shay. Let me know what you guys think on that one down below. Let's get into this next one from everybody's favorite drunk uncle, Ricky Carroll.
4: What up, hey? It's Ricky Carroll. I know I, I was going to skip for a while, but I kind of appreciated your show tonight, your broadcast. You was 100% fair, bro. I mean, 100. But um, uh, that's the point I'm trying to come to. I told you it was Billy, bro. All these things, and I know she'd be fair again, and I told you a while back, has happened. I told you, and I'm going to tell you this now. Before the end of the year is over with, and you already kind of got that way, you're going to have your have your thoughts about Zach Levine. Now, I'm going to say this right quick. I don't want this to hold on so I can say I can say I told you.
0: <laughs> At the
4: end of the year, Zach Levine is going to get hurt. He's going to have some type of injury, especially if the Bulls don't make the playoffs. And if he stay in there, he's going to get booed. And if he get booed, they're going to ask for a trade in the summertime. And you know something? They're going to trade because, like you said, they're going to get stuck to Billy's ass, okay? Patrick Williams, man, coaching, bro. If they had a coach who would walk up to him and hey, don't snatch don't him out, but get in the stage and talk to him and tell him to bust his ass and, and had another coach to tell Bruce, just raise your hand. You know, just play some defense, man. What I mean by that, just jump. You know, help out. You, you ain't got a black him but just help out. But hey, it is what it is. It's Billy, bro. B- it's Billy. Okay, it's always been Billy, and the Billy that ain't going nowhere. And I'm not going for that because he got an extension. They won't fire him. It's Billy, bro. Because you can find out, you can know what Billy's doing. Billy's still won't change. Remember, Kevin, James. Westbrook, number one three, Cole Williams, Jordan, number that team. And that team loft really wouldn't change. After they figure out what he was doing. He ain't gonna change, bro. Peace.
1: All right. Uh Zach Levine possibly requesting a trade in the offseason. Personally, I don't see it happening. That's just my personal opinion. Um I you know, regardless of being booed or not, I think Zach has a level of awareness over where this team is, his place in that, the team's place in that. And I think Billy Donovan more so, if if he has an issue with anybody, it's with Billy. Do- it's with Billy Donovan. Zach Levine has. So you know, we'll see. Um, you know, uh, Ricky Carroll saying that Billy is the, Billy Donovan is the problem. Billy Donovan is absolutely one of the problems. He's not the the problem on this team, but he absolutely is a problem. And those problems with his coaching philosophy becomes more and more evident the longer that this team is together. He doesn't use players that are oper- that play good in, in in the areas that they do best. He goes away from the hot hand way too often. We have seen no development plan for our younger players for the most part since Billy Donovan's been here. It's a lot of issues with Billy Donovan. And, you know, Ricky said that you don't necessarily believe or buy into that this Bulls team isn't going to, uh fired Billy Donovan because of the extension. And all I can say to that, Ricky Carroll, is you got to know what franchise you're rooting for. This is the Chicago Bulls, owned by Jerry Reinsdorf. And once Billy Donovan said that he talks to Jerry every day, that to me signified that it's going to be a long time before we're able to get Billy Donovan up out of there. But you guys, again, can let me know what you think on that one down below. Let's get into this last one. This one's from Jamal.
5: Hey, what's up, Hayes? This is Jamal with love. Uh, sorry, this is Jamal calling again with another voicemail. Um, I was just following up because obviously the boys are on like a six game losing streak, which freaking sucks. And I just don't know what the hell is going on with the team, but you know what it is, what it is at this point. Um, obviously the buyout market is is available. It's coming up and everything like that. And there's some key names, obviously, Wilson Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, Don, John Wall, been names that have been floating around the Chicago boys. But I also want to get your opinion. What about a guy like uh, Kevin Love? What would you do? Think if they if the Bulls brought him to the uh, to the team. I mean, granted, I understand that Kevin Love is a Kevin Love of Minnesota or even Kevin Love of the Cavaliers doing the championship run and things like that. But still, type simple player. It seems like for whatever other reason, whenever he plays the Bulls, he uh, he goes off on us. So who knows? But just your thoughts. It'll bring us a real power forward in the game. Um, I don't want to say real power forward, but they give us a legitimate power forward in the game. Um, and things like that. Or maybe coming off the bench, he could still be a spot-up shooter, shooting at, I think, 35%, 36% from the field and things like that. Somebody could bang on the boards and stuff like that for us um, and things like that. Um Just your thoughts. Again, I'm not saying that we will get him and pick him up, and I wouldn't be shocked if he did decide to go to a, a championship contending team uh, and things like that. But what would be your thoughts? Would you go ahead and make a chance for taking Kevin Love or – not. Nah, and out of, of the three point guards that I mentioned, John, uh, uh, John Wall, uh, Patrick Beverly, and, uh, Russ, most people are saying they want to go with Russ, which I kind of understand. But if Russ isn't available or things like that, who would be, wh- which one would you go with as a backup option if you had to pick somebody up between John Wall and Patrick Beverly? Um, just which one of those two would you, would you take if Russ isn't available? Or hell, if all three of them are available, Maybe you don't think what's the answer. Which one would be the which of
1: those see would you go with? So let me know what you think. As always, the a C red and go Bulls. Peace. Six game losing streak by the Bulls. Uh, the, uh, all hope is seen lost right now. Uh, the Chicago Bulls seem as a team, a franchise, a bunch of players that are just dejected in bad places mentally, Um, maybe even over the season to a degree. The Bulls are in a bad place. And you can tell it by the body language. You can tell it by the lack of cohesion. You remember when the Bulls used to look like they were having fun play to, playing together? That's all but gone and left the Chicago Bulls team. And so, you know, it, it just is what it is there. Uh, it sucks, it's unfortunate, but yeah, the six-game losing streak and how we've lost these games as well has just been terrible for a lot of Bulls fans' mental, a lot of the already discontent that we had around the team already um, to have this after you were one game below five hundred and seeming like you were ready to start making your move it has definitely hurt. Now, you said, you asked, should the Bulls take a chance on Kevin Love? Um, no, it seems like he's already kind of determined where he's going. Um, I think he's going to try to go to a contender or a ring chase. To me, Kevin Love does offer some things. He rebounds. Uh, he, he can stretch the floor a little bit better, but de- defensively him next to Vooch, like, oh man, that would be ugly. Now Kevin Love next to Drummond, I could see if he's coming off the bench. Um, but then again, that really changes your your lineup a lot. I wouldn't hate it. Let me say this is they, if they waive Tony Bradley and brought in Kevin Love, I wouldn't hate it because you're, you're replacing him with a better player, but I just don't, I wouldn't necessarily expect much from Kevin Love. As far as your second question, which of the point guards, buyout candidate point guards, would I go after? Um, If it, it would be Russ, um, just because I think he he has been the one that has produced more. And you if you're trying to add someone to a playoff uh atmosphere and run, I think you go with who has produced more and what his averages, what 17, 6 and 6 uh coming off the bench for the Lakers. I would I would love that. Um, but I also I wouldn't if, if Russ is off the market, if we're looking at Beverly and John Wall, man, that's tough because I like the the idea of the leadership Patrick Beverly could bring. I don't necessarily know exactly how much on the court. Um again, John Wall too, is John Wall gonna stay healthy? Oh, man, that's a difficult decision. I would probably say Pat Bev, only because from the city, I think that he would hold players accountable. But again, there's a, also an inherent issue with looking for your identity in the buyout market. So there's a problem there, and that's what the Bulls, the Bulls aren't just looking for a player to add, to add some season on top. They are looking for a player to come and almost build their identity in the buyout market, which is just a terrible place as a franchise to be in. Um, so, you know, but I think I'd pick Pat Bev over that, over over John Wall, but I wouldn't be mad at either per se. Um, but if all three are available, I'm going with Russ because he's the one that I think can produce the most. Um, so that's just my thought. You guys, again, can let me know what you think on that one down below. And that's it for today's mailbag episode. Uh, while we're over the All-Star break over the next week, you guys, we're, we're, I'm going to be playing more voicemails during the week. So if you guys want to get any to- any topic off and it's not the weekend, please don't hesitate to send those in. But otherwise, that's it for me for today. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can. Peace. This
0: has been a presentation of the Break, Break- Media.